Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the FLS Interim Report First Quarter 2018. Today, I am pleased to present CEO Thomas Schulz and Group CFO Lars Vestergaard. For the first part of this call, all participants will be in listen-only mode, and afterwards, there will be a question and answer session. And as a reminder, this call is being recorded. I will now hand the call over to the speakers. Please begin your meeting. Hello, everybody. Um, a nice welcome here out of Welby, Copenhagen, and Denmark to all our participants in the webcast for our interims report, quarter one, 2018. At first, to the key highlights. Uh, we announced a few days ago that we have, from 1st of July this year on, a new operating model. Now to the quarter one, strong organic growth in service orders, strong free cash flow, and uh, in February, the first large mining order received within three years. Um, as a side comment, we have quite a significant currency headwind. Now to the market outlook. Actually, no change of the message to before. Good aftermarket momentum. The mining capex is continuing the positive trend and stable outlook for cement. We keep the guidance as we announced it before, revenue 18 to 20 billion DKK and EBITDA margin 8 to 10 percent. For us, safety is very important. We informed you that we will change from LTIFR to TRIFR, which is the total recordable injury frequency rate. And you see here on the slide from 2011 on how our performance is. Since the beginning of the year, we include all the contractors under our regime into the figure. We have um, a result of 3.3 versus a target of being on 3.2 or below. It is important to say that we had in 2017 a negative trend where we are not pleased with and we are ongoing with special efforts and focus to improve our safety performance. Now to the reorganizing or organizing for growth. As we um, informed in the press release on the 25th of April this year, we will from 1st of July 2018 working in a new structure. That means the third quarter result will, be, will have the first time the figures of the new structure. Why are we doing that? It is a structure to get our productivity improvement offering closer to our clients all over the world. It helps us and it enables us to be more simple organized internally to implement digitalization towards our customers in a more efficient way. What we do is that we out of four divisions who are responsible um, for everything what happens in that division, we will go into two industries, cement and mining, and both industries will sell everything what they have through seven regions. It is clear that the group functions as we had it before, as a support for our business will stay on, and digital, our digital organization will be group-wide, and it will be no difference by geography or industry how we act in digital. This is, from our point of view, a natural next step in our organization to offer all our productivity improvements towards all our clients around the world. 
If you look on that slide, you see on the left side the actual, the current organization with four divisions and the countries where we do a lot of business through, more than 25, what we have today, and combined group functions. Tomorrow, we will have two main industries, cement and mining, responsible to develop the life cycle offering, responsible to develop the productivity improvement, and seven regions responsible to sell and service exactly that life cycle offering towards the customer. It makes it for us in the new structure easier to implement internally as well as towards the customer our digital approach, which we see as one of the biggest, if not the biggest, business opportunity out of the last decades for our F.L. Schmidt Group. Group functions as before support throughout the organization. Next slide shows what the group executive management and the top management in the company will look like. You see that the gem will contain out of five positions beside the CEO and the CFO, the chief digital officer, what we already announced will be a significant position and organization in our structure, as well as a head of the cement industry and mining industry. On top of that, we have seven regions with a head of regions to serve all our clients in the geography, in all countries, in all areas where they sit with sales and service for that, what the industries develop on lifecycle. Now to innovation. We are always very proud to give you one of the things what we develop and offer to our customers in these quarterly announcements. This time it's again an improvement and an offering in the digital part. It is a new system, process control system for the mining industry, for the milling process of sack mills, which is a very important part of grinding in the mining industry. And it's a process control which not only controls the feed and the speed and the slurry density, it uses other sensors, other technologies, other artificial intelligence like acoustic to read and to predict and to get aware what will happen with the unit, with the sack mill, with the mill liners and how we can influence the whole process in a way that we get production up, power consumption down, etc. When we look into, when we test it, when we play it through, we see a production increase up to 6%, which is quite significant on the mine side, a lower power consumption between 3 and 6%, and very important, a dramatic reduced maintenance cost up to 45% by having predictive maintenance on the mill liners, for example, to hear, to see, to get before things happen with the mill liners, which would bring um, an uncomfortable and very unprofitable breakdown, unexpected breakdown. Altogether, it's clear that it reduced the environmental impact, what grinding has, um, quite a lot. Now to the business. On that slide you see on the left how our total mining and our total cement business performs. 
We had in quarter one, nine and a half percent EBITDA margin on the mining business and on the cement, six and a half percent. I would like to highlight here the cement business. We had in quarter three last year, quite a low point with only 4.4 percent EBITDA margin. And we said already at the end of 2016 that the pricing pressure leads us and guides us to having internal counteractivities. And you see now with the gradual improvement of the EBITDA, now in the, for the, the second quarter in a row, to six and a half percent that these measurements, that these investments in standardization, value engineering, etc., really pays off. We have in the quarter one, 59% of our business in service. And it clearly shows that we are still at a low capital amount of business time in our cycle in the cement as well as in the mining industry. Let us look into the total service business. On that slide, on the left, you see the order intake of all our service activities in FL Schmidt Group. And what we can say proudly, good performance of our colleagues. It was the strongest order intake quarter since 2012. And that with a currency headwind of 9%, negatively 9%. So that was a strong setup, a strong performance. The revenue didn't show the same performance, but as you know, there's always a kind of a lagging between one to two quarters in the service business. If we then look into the, into the total order intake for our company, on the left side, you see the development quarter by quarter since beginning of 2016. And the quarter one 2018 had a minus 10% growth versus quarter one 2017. What is the reason behind? The reason behind is that we couldn't repeat the very strong order intake of three larger orders at the beginning of 2017 in cement at the beginning of this year. But the underlying order intake, the order intake of smaller orders or non-large orders was actually very healthy. So we see the order intake development in quarter one as expected and more on a, a slightly positive side. Then on the right side, you see the order intake by division. Customer service with a good performance, product companies slightly down, the reason for that lies in one part of the business, in our environmental filter technology business, where we were awarded with quite large orders at the beginning of last year, and we couldn't repeat that this year. That's a little bit a lumpy business because it's big project business within the product company division. Mining, again, showed quite a significant growth, and uh, that proves from our point of view the message what we sent already several months ago, mining is through to trough. Cement, as we said, did, well, was not able or didn't repeat the three large orders what we had in quarter one 2017. Now to the market outlook. Um, there, I have to say, it will be exactly the same message what we had last quarter. We see continuing optimism in the mining industry. We see that the miners booked and announced more spend in 2018 than they had for 2017 
That's in itself a change. And that is the reason why we see that the trough was in 17. The outlook for 18 is on a positive trend. The commodities which are very, or the commodity copper, which is so important for us, and which is important for the industry, actually for the whole world, we see as quite well developing, but actually more or less all commodities are performing on a quite healthy commodity price level. If we then look into cement, the same as before, significant regional differences, but there are only a few tenders out for large premium orders and the intense pricing competition is ongoing. For both industries in common and quite good is the OPEX, the aftermarket business, and the customer focus is on productivity improvement. With that, I would like to give to Lars for the financial performance. Thank you. <clears throat> and uh, when we look at the numbers, there is uh, the two first lines in the, in the chart actually explains quite a lot of the, the numbers this, uh, this period. We had a very good activity in order intake, so more than 5 billion in order intake. At the same time, we had a very low activity level in terms of converting uh, the backlog into revenue. So we had 4.2 billion in, in revenue. Uh, so the activity level started out quite good in the, in the beginning of the year with good order intake, but, but low revenue. Uh, and that actually explains quite a lot of the numbers we have on the, on the coming pages. If you look at the EBITDA margin, we are at 8.1% versus 8.5% last year. What drives the relatively low margin in the first quarter is, uh, is the low operating leverage, as we have low revenue uh, that, uh, that translate into a low margin, uh, which we, of course, expect to uh, improve as we go through uh, the coming quarters where we will have higher revenue. It's also worth noticing that we have 8% negative uh, currency on both uh, order intake and revenue. If we look at the, the cash flow statement, we had a very strong start to the year. You can see uh, networking capital improved by 140 million uh, in the cash flow statement. So we had 340 million in uh, cash flow from operations in the first quarter, which is an improvement of 200 million compared to last year. So very good uh, performance from our organization on cash flow for the first quarter. It's worth noticing that we, in the second quarter, uh, did settle uh, an ongoing dispute in, uh, in our discontinued operations, uh, and we have paid out more than 200 million uh, in the beginning of the second quarter. So we will have a reversal of uh, the strong uh, uh, start to the year in the second quarter. If we then uh, turn into the revenue, uh, we had 4.2 in revenue, and when you look uh, over the, uh, the chart, you can see that this is a fairly low level uh, compared to what we've had uh, historically. Uh, you can also see that it's uh, substantially lower than order intake, so what I talked about on previous page. If you look into uh, the four divisions, you can see in particular customer service was lower than last year, which of course uh, doesn't help our margins. Product companies was relatively high, uh, despite some currency headwind. Uh, in here, we had a very strong performance by uh, AirTech, which is our uh, big project business in, in product companies that sells uh, air pollution control, but it comes with a lower margin than the average, so that puts a little bit of pressure on, uh, on the margins in product companies. 
Uh, minerals continues to run with a low revenue, but we have now had a number of quarters with a substantially higher order intake than what you can see in the revenue line. Uh, and we expect in the remainder of the year that some of this higher order intake will start to convert into higher revenue in minerals. Uh, no big change in cement in, uh, in the first quarter. If we look into uh, the gross profit, uh, the gross margin level, uh, stable compared to, uh, to the last quarter and uh, slightly down compared to last year. Uh, if you look into the four divisions, uh, it's good to see that both capital divisions have, uh, have improved margins compared to last year. Uh, where we see slight weakness is in, uh, in product companies where we are executing uh, these uh, bigger projects in, uh, in AirTech, which, which carries a lower than average margin uh, in the product companies. If you look into comparable products within all uh, industries, we do not see deteriorations uh, in any of the segments. So, uh, so what you see on this page is primarily uh, mixed impacts. If we look at the, the cost levels, uh, it continues to, uh, to trend down. Uh, if you look at, the, at where we are compared to last year, of course, a big uh, improvement is coming from, uh, from FX. Uh, but overall, we are satisfied with the level of SGNA we have. Uh, and, uh, of course, as we go into the coming quarters with higher revenue, uh, we see the operating leverage from, uh, from this level of, uh, of SGNA cost. Margin, uh, yeah, if you look at the bridge from last year to this year, we had 372 million last year. We have an impact from lower revenue. Uh, and an impact from uh, lower gross margin, which is partly offset by SGNA. Uh, the bridge we have here is not currency adjusted, so uh, so of course there is quite a bit of, of currency in these uh, in these numbers. Working capital. Uh, this is where our organization did a really good job in the first quarter. You saw a very strong improvement in trade receivables. Uh, you saw a good uh, improvement in the VIP assets. So we're good at invoicing our customers. Uh, so we are now uh, below 10%, which is uh, a very good level. Uh, we will, in the remainder of the year, uh, see a little bit of upwards pressure on networking capital, but uh, we continue to keep the target that we will be below uh, 10% uh, at the end of the year. But very strong performance in the beginning of the year. On our capital structure, uh, equity ratio at 38%, uh, net debt to EBITDA is uh, at 07 uh, at our, our net debt uh, was down to 1.2 at the end of first quarter. Uh, it is higher when we get uh, to the end of the second quarter as we have paid out dividend and we have settled this, uh, uh, this legacy case in, uh, in discontinued operations. If we turn to uh, return on capital employed, up 1% compared to last year. It comes from a, a combination of higher uh, EBITDA as well as lower capital employed. Uh, and as we go through the year, we continue to, to see this number improving as we, we get the benefit from, uh, from higher revenue and thereby uh, better EBITDA. And we will uh, uh, change into the new organization, as Thomas mentioned, uh, uh, at uh, the end of uh, the second quarter. Uh, the way we will, uh, we will look at the business from that point is, of course, we have the two industries which are the technology owners and who define uh, the way we uh, our offerings to customers. So we will have uh, two cost buckets where we have uh, the, the cement costs in the industry as well as the mining cost in the mining industry. 
then we have the majority of sales and uh, and admin costs sitting in uh, in the regions, uh, and uh, there we will have a, another layer of costs where a lot of the costs will be earmarked to both industries. So the salespeople will be dedicated to cement or mining, uh, and then we have group costs which is shared between the two uh, the two regions. We will report uh, or the future uh, segments we will report on is uh, is cement and mining. And uh, we will provide the restated uh, historical data. Uh, we expect to provide them when we go live with the second quarter numbers. But, of course, we will only operate in this structure uh, when we report the third quarter numbers. So you will get the uh, yeah, numbers in, uh, in the new structure when we release the third quarter numbers. Uh, but, of course, we will provide the restated uh, historical numbers uh, uh, expectedly around when we release the second quarter numbers. And then back to you, Thomas. Thank you, Lars. Yeah, for several years, we promote our theme, Managing the Cycle, or in other words, being focused on the free sea, customer costs and cash. And we think that we have the company quite in a good shape if it comes to all the points, what we can influence on our own. One element to do that, one element to drive that is, of course, to announce, to make it public, how our internal KPIs are driven and how we are managing the company in that way. If you look to the left, you see the actual KPI listing and return on capital employed up, order intake and EBITDA down, as it was explained, where it, uh, where it comes from. The networking capital is the first time for years for a very long time, below the 10%, the magical 10%, and as Lars said, it is definitely management's high focus to keep that below 10%. Our safety measurement improved, but still on a too high level. We have to be honest here. And we have in our quality indicator what we call DIFOR, delivery in full on time. Uh, again, the seasonal effect at the beginning of the year, um, where versus the end of last year, a slight deterioration happened, which is yeah, in our business um, to explain out of the seasonal behavior. Very important are our strategic focus areas, especially for the long term, to be the productivity provider number one, requests that we are focused on all customer setups, wherever they are and wherever and however they operate in the world. Important for that are our people, the innovation and the sustainability what we provide and what we are trying to run faster and more intensive. Digitalization, I said it before, is a huge, great, positive business opportunity for us. We said it, you have digital approach, then you are in the business. You don't have it, you are not in cement and mining in the future. The reorganization, the organization for growth, beside that with the customers, of course, the digitalization has a big part in that too. Short term, we have a good run on expanding our wear part business. We gave targets on the capital market day and we will fulfill them. We are quite sure about that. We grow our product uh, business and we will grow it more into the geography, into more countries, into more customers and our standardization uh, agenda is ongoing. Out of that, 
Um, on the guidance, group guidance slide, we will keep our guidance on all areas and uh, we are quite satisfied with the development. To wrap it up, we had a strong service order intake in quarter one 2018 with a solid free cash flow. Yes, some currency headwind. We keep the guidance and from 1st of July 2018, we have a new operating model. And with that, I give back to the moderator regarding the Q&A session. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, if you do have a question for the speakers, please press zero one on your telephone keypad now and you'll enter a queue. After you are announced, please ask your question. And please hold while we register the first question. And the first question comes from the line of Christian Johansson from Denske Bank. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you. So my first question is about this uh, standardization and, and procurement which drives up earnings in, uh, in cement. Uh, how should we think about this going forward? Will it sort of have an accelerating positive impact or, or will you start, uh, I mean, uh, using some for, uh, for, for, to, to absorb the price pressure? And then it'll more be a stable earnings effect going forward. So, um, yeah, the standardization approach and the procurement approach um, has, of course, uh, a mid to long term effect mainly. That we see now because we do it, uh, Lars is actually the boss of it. I can say that if it comes to procurement. Um, the standardization is run in the business. Um, we do that for several years now, and now gradually we see the positive coming out of it. Seven is a good example for it because the pricing pressure is not lowering in the cement business and we get a higher profitability that really comes out of own uh, activities. We will not stop that and of course to come back into the 10 to 13 percent um, EBITDA margin range, what we have as a target range, this ongoing activity is an essential part of it. Okay, that's that's uh, that's clear then. Then my my other question um, was regarding your discontinuing operations. So you highlight you have had this payment in Q2. Uh, you also write that you expect a conclusion on the divestment in Q2. So first question is, do you do you expect to, expect to get paid? I mean, if you look at your own acquisition of, of Sandvix uh, assets, you're uh, you're actually getting paid to 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 take this over. Uh, is it going to be a similar uh, model for, for bulk material handling or will you have a cash inflow? And if so, when will that hit? Yeah, it, actually, I have to say at the moment where we are in, in the negotiations, we are not able to talk about it. That's um, uh, what I can answer is the target is to close it in the middle of the year, as we said it before. But you can imagine we are now in May. It, it is not possible to talk really about it. If, if that is closed and so on, information will come. Fair enough. That was all for me. Thank you. Thank you, Christian. And next question is from the line of Jonathan Hanks from Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi, Thomas. Hi, Lars. I just wanted to um, ask if you could clarify on how big an impact uh, the investments you've flagged in your sales force and in R&D dragged on EBITDA margins for the group in the quarter, uh, particularly in customer services. That would be helpful. Yeah, so uh, we, of course, flagged that we would have a higher sales cost in uh, in uh in 2018 compared to 2017 uh, with a fairly, uh, well, 
not a not a too big number, and we uh, we did hire a number of salespeople in customer service uh, and uh, as well in uh, in product companies. It is not a substantial number. So when I look into uh, the EBITDA performance in uh, in uh, in customer service, it is primarily uh, a slightly adverse mix that, that drives the lower that drives the lower margin. Uh, as you know, we have. Uh, uh, different kind of business, spare parts, which is very high, and we have maintenance, which is lower. And uh, in the first quarter, we had more maintenance business than uh, than in the comparison period last year. So it's mainly a mix issue uh, driving uh, the the lower level. Uh, we are quite pleased with uh, the efforts from our sales uh, investments in more salespeople, uh, and we are starting to get the orders in from that. So uh, so that is, uh, I guess, if you look at the group numbers, uh, uh, improving our numbers rather than. Uh, dragging down. Okay, very very clear. And then just on the you know very strong order growth in in customer services this quarter, uh, could you comment a little bit on the mix within that? Was that driven again by more by maintenance or services opposed to spare parts, or was it pretty broad based? Um, uh, it is actually uh, there are two factors, and we had a relatively weak winter when we look throughout the locations of our customers, which normally drives then a little bit more service business in that time. And the second part is yes, there were quite a lot of negotiations of uh, maintenance contracts in the first quarter, so that's a combination out of it. Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jonathan. The next question is from the line of Alas Top Holm from Carnegie. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Uh, yes, congrats with uh, another good quarter. A couple of questions on, on my side. On uh, product companies, uh, you, you, you mentioned that um, margins are hurt by AirTech representing a bigger proportion of, of revenue. Uh, I wonder if, if you can uh, give us some color as to how that mix uh, is expected to develop over the coming quarters and also looking into 2019. Uh, then a, a second question. In the uh, Q1 report, you write that because the mining outlook is now better, uh, some of the orders in, in your backlog that are on standby might become active again and begin to generate revenue later this year next year. Uh, does that mean the proportion of backlog that will be converted into revenue per quarter should accelerate and uh, also of course the contribution from from those sleeping orders becoming alive the, the contribution to EBIT will that be with full uh, gross profit impact and then just a, a, a final question more household question but uh, regarding the new structure should we expect any one-off costs and if so what is the magnitude and in which quarter will they be booked? Thank you. Yeah, so uh, if you look into product companies and the margin level, um, we are seeing that uh, that we keep the margins in, in most of the business, uh, and it is the mix impact from, from the higher order intake in Airtik that is uh, driving down. So uh, in individual businesses, it's actually okay. Uh, as we look through the year, uh, we see that the level we have right now is uh, the level we will uh, remain at for the remainder of, uh, of this year, uh, of course, uh, uh, with the uncertainties there are in that number. When it comes to, uh, to the backlog, uh, we've had a number of big projects that have been on hold and they have been reactivated. Uh, so we will start to have a higher portion of the backlog that converts into uh, to revenue for the remainder of this year. 
and it will be with uh, with normal margins level. Uh, so uh, so actually, that is uh, I think the only thing we can we can really give you as insights here is that. Uh, that it's all in the guidance, and uh, there are no uh, anomalies in terms of lower margin or anything like that. And now okay. to the regarding the new structure, uh, there are no one-off costs planned and assigned, and we would have been giving that directly uh, uh, to the market if that would have been planned. Um, I have to say that we, in 2016, with the corrective actions, we announced and we informed the market quite well that we go into the one face to the customer approach in the in the countries i call it ge uh, the geography because we are not only looking into country structures in the current organization um, now we move in a regional structure where we will cover more countries and that is actually quite well prepared already over the last several years it is let me say like that a logical next step to get our productivity improvement offering, our life cycle offering, and more and more, uh, more our digital offering to any client anywhere in the world. Okay, can I ask one additional question, please? Yes, please. Uh, which, which, which goes to some of the orders you, you have won, because it strikes me that the, the time between Cash Minerals uh, approving the Actuga expansion and you getting the order was very short. I believe you also won orders to Billiton's expansion of spins in, in Chile. And again, with a very short uh, time between approval and putting out orders. So, so my question really is, how, how come you get orders so quickly after project approval, is this because these orders do not go into a tender? Uh, are miners increasingly tied by what they have already, or how, how should I see this? Yeah, um, you are really aware of the industry. That's actually great. Last, the, the thing is that um, the, uh, the orders, what you talk about, of course, there is a life before. There was a lot of feasibility studies and so on over the years. It was not that public. It was not that big because we were in a recession and our mining customers didn't want to talk so openly about it because they were, of course, under a lot of pressure to save cash, to save money and so on. Um, then the way how uh, especially these two customers acted from the decision to do it and then giving an order was, of course, with tender, with uh, the normal way how you do that in the industry. But you see the professionalism of these customers, how quick they could realize that into uh, an order decision. Um, of course, things what uh, drag out decisions like uh, environmental permits and so on were not hitting here in between. Or other things like that you need to find three, four, five, ten banks to finance it. That, were not, that was not coming uh, in between. And that, of course, shortens then the time. That will be not, I know it's a pity, but it will be not for all the deals like that. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Thomas. Thank you, Lars. And next question comes from the line of Klaus Kehl from New Credit Markets. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Yes, hello, um, Klaus Kiel from New Credit Markets. Um, three questions from my side. Um, first of all, I must say that I'm pretty impressed by the order intake in customer services and, uh, and cement. 
So I, was, I was wondering whether you could talk a little bit about whether this is a uh, sustainable run rate going forward or there is any, any positive one-offs in, in, in the numbers. <clears throat> and second, secondly, um, could you try to give us some, yeah, some comments about the likelihood of, of large orders in, uh, in both mining and cement in, uh, in the next three quarters? And finally, um, Lars, did I hear you say that you expect to have a networking capital below 10% end of 18? That would be my three questions. Yeah, at first to the service, um, it, it, you know, it is uh, a lumpy order intake and revenue in the total service business because maintenance contracts are bigger, large. We had a good run in the first quarter on it. Um, that is not a new level where we go each quarter more on top on top and, and further up. That the market is simply not there for that. But what we see is that we got over the last few years a significant good share in the industry and that our model, what we offer, the productivity improvement, is very, very attractive to the mining as well. We should not forget the salmon customers too. Then to the large orders, we know exactly which kind of orders and feasibility, pre-feasibility studies in cement as well as in mining anywhere in the world is ongoing. We know that. We track that. We are always asked and, and in, invited and involved. And we can say that the uh, pipeline for cement is there. The only thing what we have to say, it, it, it's not in the same speed as a year ago or one and a half years ago. And you see that things are dragging out, um, has a lot to do with um, yeah, permits and uh, the financing of the deals. Then we look into mining. The pipeline in mining for large orders looks definitely significant better than yeah, one, two years ago, clearly. But it's not that it will come all like a catch-up effect in, in one quarter this year. It takes a while until that comes out step by step. And there are several reasons for it, which would actually uh, uh, make that meeting very, very long if, uh, if I have to or if I would explain that. But one thing is, of course, permits and the engineering capacities and capabilities in the industry after a six years recession that has to get rebuilt and trust has to get rebuilt and facts and figures have to get rebuilt. And then it will go forward. And last question was actually for Lars. Yes, <clears throat> and you heard me completely right to say that we have an ambition and a target to be below 10% at any point in, uh, in the cycle on working capital. Uh, for us, this is a very good indicator on whether we are on top of our business or not. And with what we can see and what we have ongoing, uh, it is definitely a clear target for us to remain below the 10%. Can I ask a follow-up question? Of course. You have had this target uh, about the networking capital for quite a while. I can't remember. I don't know, three or four years. But now you're getting really, really close. Uh, so um, what I'm wondering about is, obviously you have an ambition to, to, to go below 10%, but, but do you think it's realistic? Um, yeah. Yes, I mean, we are below 10%, so uh, so actually if we end up uh, the year 10%, that would be uh, moving back from, from where we are today. So uh, so uh, so that's uh, definitely something we are convinced we can, we can get below because we are below. Uh, but it's not, uh, I mean, there are lots of things in working capital that moves and is not uh, completely predictable. But this is, uh, this is something that is, uh, is very important for, 
for management and the organization here to uh, to to not go back to the levels that we've been at in the past. Uh, so. Uh, so 10% is a definite target. Yes, and uh, maybe that one word, because it's in the annual report, you can read quite fairly in how the networking capital is built up. Uh, the good networking capital run, what we had years back during the boom time, was heavily supported by huge advanced payments from customers. When you look into the figures, we are not enjoying that tailwind today. So the, the setup of networking capital, what we have today, is managed on all areas to the absolute maximum. And we are now on 8.9% for the quarter, and we really don't like to get figures uh, in the wrong direction. We have a mental problem with that. So our target is to, to, to stay below that. Okay, got you. Thank you very much. The next question is from the line of Klaus Elmer from Nodea. Please go ahead, your line is open. Thank you. Uh, also, a few questions from my side. Uh, more to uh, Topham's question regarding those projects in the backlog that has been on, on hold. As I understood the answer, the effect is already embedded in the guidance. But if you read uh, the Q1 report, it's only saying they could be reactivated. Uh, so how should I read that? I think if you look at our guidance, it's uh, it's fairly broad, and uh, and the, one of the reasons why it was broad was that we we knew that some of these projects were looking like they could be reactivated. So uh, if you look, it's two billion in uh, in difference between the bottom and the top end of the guidance. So uh, so of course we can have that uh, that in there. Well, should we then uh, read your your answer today that you are more optimistic about uh, the effect, i.e., we are heading for the higher end of the guidance range, or uh, no? You should not say that because, of course, we had a very good picture when we uh, when we made the guidance that these projects were starting up again. So, uh, so uh, it was just a little bit more cautiously mentioned in the in the in the report. Okay, then just try in another way. Uh, can you say, you know, the, the, the delta uh, we could see this year from, from, from this effect? So, you know, whether you know, it will succeed or you will not succeed getting these uh, projects uh, reactivated. Because yeah. it can't be the whole uh, range. Yeah, they, so so the, the answer is uh, some of the bigger projects in, uh, in the backlog are reactivated. Some of it will be revenue in 18 and some of it will be re- revenue in 19. So it's not... Uh, it's not all uh, 18 impact. And I will not move out of uh, the guidance and give you any indications whether we are closer to the top or the bottom by this because it was actually to a very large extent known that these projects would start up when we made the guidance. Sure, okay. It was worth trying to get a little bit more color. Yeah, well, uh, good try. <laughs> <laughs> the, the second question goes to a, the green and brownfield um, Maybe we get an update on, 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 on you know, this tendering activity. Uh, all these issues uh, uh, about getting a uh, relevant permit, in a negative scenario, could we see the whole effect be postponed to 2019 or is more a delay in 2018? No, actually, we have in the guidance, we have in that what we, what we gave out last quarter, uh, already that uh, in. There is no change on view. Um, I know it's a, uh, Lars said to me, this will be very boring with the message about the market, market outlook because it's the same as before, and that's exactly the case. We have that um, um, tougher, that tougher behavior out uh, in the world with um, 
more feasibility studies, uh, scrutinizing the, um, the permits more and so on. That We have that for quite a while. That's nothing new developed in quarter one or beginning of quarter two. So it is as we predicted. It is a positive trend in the mining industry. I know that we are called Darth Vader's of the industry. Fact is we don't see a catch-up effect or a, a, a huge rebound in 2018. We see a positive trend. We had or we enjoyed now three quarters in the minerals division with significant growth rates. Yes, from a lower level, but it shows where the positive trend goes. Um, on the revenue side for that, I have to say that two, it takes in our business one to one and a half years from order intake into revenue in the larger projects that comes on top uh, too. So we are not changing the outlook. We are not changing anything on the guidance and it has nothing to do that we are conservative or or Darth Vader's or anything. We believe, we feel that we have a very good view into the market, mining as well as cement, how it will develop. Okay, thank you for that. And congratulations with the report. Thank you. Next question is a follow-up from the line of Alas Topholm. Please go ahead. Alas, your line is now open. Uh, yes, uh, it's a question on uh, Antofagastas Los Pelambos mine because I believe the uh, service and maintenance contract you announced five years ago expired by the end of last year. Has it been extended or are there any news here? Thanks. Yeah, it actually, um, normally we, we don't disclose information with a customer. You know that um, as long as we don't announce it in a, in a press release or stock announcement. Um, but I think we do a very good job there. And we will on ongoing with that good job. So, uh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, just as a reminder, if you do have any further questions for the speakers, please press zero one on your telephone keypad now. And next question is an additional follow-up from the line of Christian Johansson from Danske Bank. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you. So my question is around the, the products companies division. So when you created that not that long ago, uh, it was with the, uh, with the ambition to drive uh, cross-sale synergies, uh, which at least have, have been a bit difficult for us to see in, in the reported figures. Uh, so, so first of all, what will happen with these product companies in the new uh, organization? And, and does that mean that you have sort of given up on, on that part of the, the strategy? I can I can answer the second part immediately. No, absolutely no. My colleagues in the product companies did and do a great job to collaborate. But you can imagine that the collaboration um, is for the product companies in the cement industry quite close together and the collaboration of the product companies in the mining industry is very close. But there is not so much collaboration needed on a business term between the cement and the mining product companies. And so we take the uh, mining-related ones into the uh, mining industry and the cement-related ones into the cement industry. Um, we have, uh, of course, business which is for both, um, and we do a lot cross-group out of these uh, already. What are we doing now with, if we look into the product company division in the new structure? Um, I make it like that before we had, let us say, 200 salespeople in the product company division 
in one of these product companies. And now they have five, ten times more, six times more salespeople and service people around the world running for that product range in that regional setup. So it's a logical step of that what we did with the product company division to collaborate more into now that industry and regional structure. Very clear. Thank you. Thank you. And there are currently no further questions registered. So I'll hand the call back to the speakers. Please go ahead. Thank you very much for all the questions and to attend our quarter one 2018 uh, announcement. I wish you, we wish you a safe trip, safe life wherever you are and see you and listen to you very soon. Goodbye. <laughs>